0: I keep saying okie-dokie i don't know okie-dokie <laughs> it's, it's been a weird day
1: hey guys you're listening to drunken uncultured
0: we are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast
1: i'm Lindsay. i'm stephanie uh, and we're back for our second Halloween episode of Halloween. <laughs> second Halloween episode of Halloween. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. I don't know why I'm, I'm always the one that has to be like and this. I have to like figure out what to say. I feel like next time I should not have to do that. <laughs> okay. So it's what my me this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have not been watching anything. <laughs>
0: Have you been watching horror movies at all? Have you been watching... Um...
1: Just make something up. I mean, I've been, like, half-watching New Girl while, like, working, but that's really it, because Matt's been playing Pokemon on the TV, so I haven't watched anything. Um, we started Fargo. I think we got two episodes in. It's fine. I've never watched Fargo before. I haven't watched it either, so I don't know. Um... Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot of TV watching going on these days. Um, A lot of TikTok watching, though. That counts, right? That does count as binge watching. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you spend enough hours doing it, it's binge watching, right? Yeah, I would say. Um, Okay, so I guess then just moving straight into the beer. All right. So today... As the fastest we moved on to beer. (laughs)
0: That was actually a really sad intro. (laughs) Um, So today we actually have two beers. So
1: R.I.P. um, Us. Yeah. Um, We're drinking both of them. We're going to tell you what both of them taste like because we got them from the same place and we wanted to do both. Yeah. Uh, We couldn't pick. So the first one that we're drinking, um, picked by random number guessing, is going to be S'mores Yeti uh, from Great Divide. This is an Imperial Stout. Brewed with chocolate, marshmallow, and spices, um, it's nine and a half percent. And it says, "Reach for s'mores Yeti and find yourself transported to a cozy campfire setting without ever leaving the comfort of your home. Though enjoying this decadent treat fireside is definitely encouraged. Enjoy all the tastes, all the tastes of the classic campfire dessert blended with the rich, roasty malt flavor of Yeti Imperial Stout, a beer for telling tales and crafting, creating new ones."
0: That's a cute description. It is a cute
1: description. Um, I mean, it's got the Yeti on it, and he is roasting a marshmallow with a little bunny. It's quite cute. Um, but there's not much else to say about the can. Um, it's brewed by Great Divide in Denver, Denver-, Denver- Colorado.
0: <clears throat> yeah, we picked this up when we were there
1: a couple weeks ago. Uh,
0: but we got this from the Barrel Bar. Yep. In Rhino.
1: So we're going to do probably like a half, half the can between the two of us for the first one. Yeah. And then we'll go um, on to the second one and yeah. then we'll keep drinking throughout the episode yeah. just so that we're not um, drinking an entire beer and then another and trying to beer. describe an entire another beer. Yeah. It smells thick. I know that's not a smell, but it smells like it. smells like thick. It. Oh, interesting. It's it actually pretty thin. Yeah, I would say it doesn't taste. It's not thick on the mouthfeel.
0: Yeah, I get a lot of the cinnamon.
1: I do too. I don't really get a lot of marshmallow.
0: I get a creaminess to it. I don't know if that's marshmallow or not, but I get the chocolate. Yeah, and I get a lot of malt. I get a good, nice, little burnt, roasty flavor. So yeah, maybe that's what I don't know.
1: Campfire. <laughs> it tastes like campfire. Yeah. It tastes like campfire smells.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: I do get a lot of cinnamon. I'm assuming that's the spices. Maybe it's like the graham cracker. Because graham cracker tastes a little bit like cinnamon. I mean, a lot of graham crackers
0: have cinnamon in them. So I think that's what they're
1: doing with the spices, is giving you that graham flavor.
0: Huh.
1: Honestly, I really like how thin this is when you drink it. I do too. It's not too like Cody, it doesn't feel heavy. Mm hmm. For being such a heavy beer. Oh, yeah, like 9.5%. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's very dark. Um, even when, like, I try to, like, look through it, it's kind of hard when you, like... It's a very dark beer. Yeah, it's a very, very dark. And it looks thick. Like, usually thinner stouts, so you can still kind of see through it. Yeah. Nah, no, this is a... It, no. It, it, it looks like a thick boy. <clears throat> And I think maybe, like, it looks, it's got a syrupy texture, and I wonder if, like, that's maybe from the marshmallow. It mm-hmm. looks like it has a
0: syrupy texture, let me phrase that. So, the coffee flavors that you get in here is from the original Yeti. Yep. That's yep. like the original Yeti base.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like it's very true to the original Yeti with some, like, small additions. Yeah. And it's not, like, so overwhelmingly, like, in- increased upon. Yeah. That you don't taste where the yeti comes from yeah i i
0: hate to be the person that's like oh i wish that they would have expanded more and gone pushed the flavor a little bit i almost wonder if it would have been better on draft if you got more of those flavors yeah
1: i mean I also this has
0: been in a can for a pretty long time so I wonder yeah. if it loses some of the
1: flavors in that as well i feel like marshmallow is a kind of an easier flavor to capture because it's got I mean, such a distinct well. flavor but like you can capture that i feel like and I'm a little disappointed that it just kind of tastes like a, it, it tastes a little bit like um like a churro stout instead yeah. of a s'mores.
0: Yeah, I think it, the creaminess gives it a little bit of the s'more flavor, but you make a really good point. I don't taste s'mores specifically when I drink yeah. this. I mean, it's a good beer. I just... It's really good. I like it a lot. But yeah, that's, that's a good point is it doesn't <clears throat> taste like a s'more. It's great. I think it's a really good campfire beer. Yep. Yeah. I think that concept is really good, and it works really well with the flavors here, but I don't get s'more.
1: Yep. I would agree with that. And especially because like the prominent flavor of s'more is marshmallow, so you would think that if you're calling it s'more. Or even more chocolate, because I get more
0: more coffee and cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I would agree. Um, Which is interesting, because I'm curious about how this compares to the beer that we're going to have after this, Mm because that's pretty... What I would assume is going to be heavy on the flavor, is going to be a lot more... chocolate coffee mm-hmm. and cinnamon yeah um so i'm curious about how this is going to compare to the next beer because yeah that's it a really kind good of point. tastes like what i expect the next beer to taste like
0: oh that's a really good point i didn't even think about that okay we gotta pick some words so words i'm gonna say coffee cinnamon malt i'm gonna say ooh. Can I say the same three? Yeah, we've never yeah. said, like,
1: you can't say the same three. That's fair. Yeah, I would say cinnamon, malty, and coffee. Which is interesting, because those are extremely prominent flavors, which almost means that this is, like, kind of one-noted, like, one-dimensional. Yeah, if, if, Whenever if, we, like, have the same, and we've never had the same words, but everything's always yeah. been so, like, multi-dimensional that we've done, where, like, we've found different flavors, mm-hmm. and, um, unfortunately, this is not one. This yeah. is the first time we've ever been a little critical over a beer. It's, I just can have
0: a hard time when it says s'mores. I really. I know, want and I think I just expect s'mores. more from it. I love Yeti. I know this is. A, I will again. This is a great variation
1: of a Yeti. It's just not a s'mores yeah. Yeti. It's just not what we expect, and I think you'll understand why when we have the second beer.
0: Okay, so this is another Yeti variation. So this is the Mexican chocolate Yeti. So this is an imperial stout with coffee and spices added. And uh, there's no fun description on it. So, um, yeah, it's got the, like the,
1: you know, those blankets that yeah. you see, um, like a traditional Mexican yeah, blanket. It's yeah. got like the colorings like that. Um, just the Yeti on it. But yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a cute can though.
0: It, I do like the artwork. It's very cute.
1: Um, but this is kind of the reason I said, um, the flavor of Samora's Yeti is, reminds me more of what the Mexican chocolate's gonna taste like because Mexican chocolate is typically like hot chocolate with like um, like chili powder and a ton of cinnamon. It's like a yeah. spicy chocolate. It tastes thicker than the last one. but not by much.
0: Yeah. I, I actually like this one more.
1: What's that face for? I'm not getting that much of a difference between the two. Like, this one just tastes like more of an intense version of the s'mores, almost. Like, it's yeah, got this more has a spice. much more
0: intense flavor to it. It's got
1: more of a spice flavor. It's got more of a coffee flavor. Um, but I don't... And I think this is what I was afraid of when I mentioned it. It tastes just like more, like more of a strong version of the s'mores Yeti. Yeah. Um... Which I think is the reason that we both like it better. Yeah, it's I know. Because I th- it's like... The flavor, I think, is much more defined here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you get the Yeti base in the background, whereas mm-hmm. like in the s'mores, it was more in the foreground and then mm-hmm. just kind of tasted like a little bit of added spice. This also has like a warming to it. Yeah, I think that's the spice. Oh, I don't added. know. My remember, chest feels remember, so warm I've got, drinking it. Because I've gotten... I've had chili... Yeah. And you've tried this like hot chili um, pepper stouts. From yeah. Hubbard's Cave.
0: Yeah, that's was to say it's the
1: Hubbard's Cave one. Yeah, um, and that was warming because of the spice yeah. in it. So that's probably what this is. Yeah. Um,
0: I think this has a little bit more of a chocolatey flavor too yeah. than the s'mores one does. But again, I do think it's a good comparison that it is like a more flavorful version of the s'mores. Yeah, really. and
1: I mean. To be like completely honest, we looked at the candidates on these and we bought them not even a month ago. Um, and they're like from March and April. Yeah. So it could be a, an age a thing. An age thing, um, unfortunately, which is kind of a bummer that they were selling them this long. This long. Yeah. Um, but I do think these are both really
0: good, just good variants of the getting. Yeah, I
1: agree. They're not bad by any means.
0: I wish we could have got the pumpkin spice latte Yeti to bring back because that was so good. That one was
1: really good. That one was really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mexican chocolate I, I think is my favorite of the two.
0: Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, flavor-wise, I would say coffee, chocolate, and I'm going to say warming because I can't say what spices are in here particularly, but I would say the warming. It's a definitely one thing I get from it. Which isn't a flavor, it's more of an experience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say coffee, chocolate, and spiced. I'm not getting the warm in, warming, but it does have a very like spicy flavor that's either from cinnamon or from like chili. But it doesn't have the same like direct cinnamon flavor right. that the s'mores did. Yeah, it's almost like spicy, like big red is spicy from so much cinnamon. Yeah, yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah, But, like, it's not, like, super discernible cinnamon, which is kind of nice. So it may not even be cinnamon. It could just be chili.
0: Yeah. Um, Overall, these are,
1: I mean, again, they're both good. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Um, cool. You ready to get in this? Yes.
0: Okay. So we did want to kind of start this before we get into everything with a a kind of just like a over-encapsulating trigger warning here. Um, so we're likely going to talk about some really aggressive topics within the overall mm-hmm. conversation here. And I think primarily we do have to say we're going to be talking pretty heavily about cocaine and drinking and alcohol addictions. Yeah. Um, nothing that we say is going to be said in like a negative way. I mean, we're going to be trying to keep it as lighthearted as possible, but we just want to say like a lot of these heavy topics and the addiction go together in what we're talking about so we'll try Mm -hmm. and we'll try our best but just it's going to be so heavily heavy and prevalent in what we're talking about that we wanted to kind of give a fair warning here yep Um, so with that we're actually going to be talking today about stephen king and the writing of stephen king if that makes sense now um
1: yeah i mean i feel like that trigger warning makes it seem like it's gonna be way more intense than it actually is, but we're talking about Stephen King. So you need the trigger warnings st- to Stephen. I King. mean Stephen King himself
0: is his own trigger Honestly, warning. Honestly, his
1: books are a trigger warning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're scary. <laughs> um
0: so before we get into it though, I thought this would be a fun thing, because I was thinking about it. What was your first experience with anything, Stephen Ooh. King? It could be a film based on one of his books, reading his books, yeah. a TV show, anything. Like what was your first memory of something Stephen King
1: um I don't know if this was my first one but the first one I can remember um is watching Rose Red okay um when I was in like middle school I came home and my mom was watching it on like I don't know like one of the cable channels um and it had just started so like I watched it with her and Rose Red is about the house that is like possessed Mm um and it's a mini series on made for some sh- some TV channel, um, and it's it's kind of it's pretty scary. It's um, the house is possessed and it's like basically killing people, um, and there is a girl who is I believe mentally handicapped, but like in reading more Stephen King, she has what's called the Shine. It's called the Shine, which is like their his version of like telepathy okay. and having like a. Like special powers. Okay. It's usually like telepathy, telekinesis, that kind of thing. Um, So does Harry have the shine? I don't remember honestly. I think I don't know if that's one of the one of the books that connect it, and I'll get into this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. um, Later, but she has the shine. The shine, which um, it actually turns out that a lot of the characters in the his books that have the shine are mentally handicapped in some way. Mm Hmm. Um, So and and the the house is trying to like reach out to her and get her to like set it free essentially mm-hmm. um so that's the first one i read i'd seen um yeah. and it was pretty scary because like people just start disappearing and like it's a little jump scary when you're a child yeah so um, i think that's the first one
0: for me i i grew up hearing my older brothers tell this story about how the first time they saw pet cemetery was at my grandma's house and how that was like the scariest movie they had ever seen and I didn't actually watch Pet Cemetery till like, a couple years ago. But the first time I... So I remember hearing how scary that was. And my mom used to call every, like, crazy animal Cujo. Okay. <laughs> that was the other thing. But um, I saw the IT TV film or whatever it was uh, when I was a kid. And that was pretty horrifying.
1: Yeah, I actually don't think I had ever seen... Um it, or Pet Cemetery um, or The Shining, or, like, any of the really famous... Um, actually, Carrie might have been the first one, during, like, mm-hmm. when my sister rented it, but I think it was Rose Red. Um, I never... My parents never let me see those, even though, like, they let me watch horror movies, because I think they thought Stephen King was too scary. But, like, Scream wasn't too scary, <laughs> but Stephen King was. Hmm. <clears throat> I think also, because of, like, the material in a lot of his movies... Um they're like this is this is too heavy, maybe. Yeah. Not even just too scary, but it's too yeah. heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and they thought like I just didn't understand like the teen horror movies. They're like, you don't understand these jokes, that's so fine, but like this might like hurt you psychologically. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah. Definitely never saw it when I was younger. <laughs> you uh Lucked out. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, so let's get into some background and history about Stephen King. Um, yeah. Just you seem
0: to have a long history I know. list. You're
1: doing it today. Okay. So um, Stephen King today has published 61 books. That's a lot. That is a lot. It's like, honestly, like Stephen King writes faster than anyone, I think, ever. Yeah. Um, because I definitely, like, when I started getting into Stephen King in college, he was, like, putting out a book a year, and I was like, how the fuck are you... And these are, like, 700-page books. Like, how the fuck are you writing I these I read books an, so fast? in an interview he did that his
0: goal is to write 2,000 words per day, every single day. Okay,
1: well, George R. R. Martin needs that goal. Yes. Um, Listen, not everyone can be as determined that they're writing as Stephen King. So, he's published 61 books, seven have been under a pseudonym Richard Bachman, and he's published 5 nonfiction books. So, interesting thing about the pseudonym...
0: Um, He had to do this because at the time when he was writing in the early days, the publishing standard that was kind of out there allowed for only one book per year to be published per author. So he was writing, obviously, an insane amount. Mm -hmm. So he had more than one book to be released. But also he wanted to see if his success was accidental. And he had this fear early in his career that his all of his success was just like an accident, so he wanted to see if you could replicate that success under a different name, and uh, yes, it worked. Yeah.
1: yes, and it's not just Stephen King; he's yeah. a good writer. Um, I also read that it was discovered that he was Richard Bachman, and he, uh, the they announced a press release of Richard Bachman dying mm-hmm. um, due to cancer yes. of the pseudonym. Yeah. Um, and it's actually kind of funny because he's brought in a different, uh, different pseudonym and actually said like, that's Richard Bachman's pseudonym. Yeah, I've heard that too. Um, and then he's also talked about how he found one of Richard Bachman's like manuscripts and released it like after he had died. Yeah. Um, quote unquote died. So, um, which is kind of cool. He's written 200 short stories that's been published in collections. I have a few of them, um, and been called the King of Horror, which is a play on, um, his name. Yeah. Um, so kind of just some actual early life. Um, his father left when he was two, uh, he was born in Maine, but his father left when he was two and they moved around a lot, like Wisconsin, Indiana, Massachusetts, Connecticut. Um, lived in Boulder, Colorado for a little bit. Yep. So when he was 11, his family moved to back to Maine where his mom cared for her parents until they died. And then she became a caregiver in a facility for the mentally handicapped. Um, this next one's kind of a big thing and it's it's really interesting that I didn't know this about him until I started doing research but as a child um, he saw one of his friends get struck and killed by a train um, but he to this day has no memory of that happening uh, he returned home in shock and was like speechless um, and they figured That's insane. yeah they figured it out based on like what had happened um, and there are commentators that su- suggest that this event in his life may have Psychologically inspired, some of his darker um, works, but he doesn't. He has a memoir called "On Writing," and he doesn't mention this at all. It's so, like he literally has no. So memory how does people happening. find out that this happened if he didn't even? Well, I think it's because he was like so shell shocked when he oh, came home, and then they like found this kid dead, and they were like, "Okay, well maybe he's so shell shocked because yeah. he saw this." Um, but it's like a repressed memory that they think is like part of the reason that he has such a dark imagination. Um, he's always had an early he displayed an early interest in horror. Um, he read H.P. Lovecraft, um, and then read some like horror um, comics. O- like, original like, tales from the crypt. Yeah, which he um, wrote for eventually. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, he went to a university He went to in a university Maine. in Maine, <laughs> um, and earned a certificate to teach high school. But because he couldn't find a job immediately, he began selling short stories to a men's magazine. Um, one of them was called Caval- I think Cavalier. And many of these stories have been republished in a collection called Night Shift. Um, Were you turning around to see if you have Night Shift? I don't have it, no. (laughs) I was turning around, because I have like three of his collections. Two of his collections, I think. Yeah. Um, So the big one, though, the big career-defining novel for him was Carrie. In 1973, Carrie was accepted by the publishing house Doubleday, Day. Uh, it was the fourth novel that he'd ever written, but it was the first of his to be published. Uh, and it was written on a portable typewriter that his wife, Tabitha, gave him. Um, and it began as a short story intended for Cavalier magazine. That's the magazine name I couldn't remember. Cavalier. Um, you said that already. I said... You could, said Cavalier. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay. I thought you said like Cadaver. <laughs> I like, that that's not is right. Not... That is not correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually threw out the first pages of the novel in the trash. Um, but his wife, Tabitha, as I mentioned, took them out and encouraged him to finish the story and said that she would help him with the female perspective. Um, when it was chosen for publication, his phone was out of service. So Doubleday, the publishing house had to send him a telegram and it wrote, and it read quote, carry officially a Doubleday book, 2,500 advance against royalties. Congrats kid. The future lies ahead. Bill. And Bill is the editor in chief. That's actually a really good friend of S- Seeming Kings now. Um, and then a, later that year, the New American Library bought the paperback rights for $400,000, which was split between Doubleday and Stephen King based on their contract. Yep. Um, and Carrie was his first like successful novel. Um, have you is, actually read Carrie? I have not. I have to say I haven't read Carrie. I have not read Carrie. Um, And then from there, I mean, he went and published Salem's Lot in 1975, The Shining in 1977, um, and that one was written after his mother's death and after the family had moved to Boulder. Um, 1978 was The Stand, and that was written after the family moved to Maine. Um, And then the other big novel to note, or series to note, are the Dark Tower books. Um, In the late 1970s, it He began writing them. Um, He calls it his magnum opus. Um, But it's a series of interconnected stories about a gunslinger who's pursuing the villain whose name is the man in black. Um, And it's a cross between, I mean, the internet calls it a cross between Middle Earth and the American Wild West. I wouldn't actually agree with that. It's like Wild West and just sci fi in general. Um, It's got a lot of like, it brings in like Lord of the Rings and like Harry Potter at some point. Interesting. it's, it's kind of wild, and I would like to talk a little bit about the Dark Tower in general at some point later on. Yeah, let's come episode. back to that, because I have some stuff about the um, Dark Tower, too. And it took him over 40 years to finish this.
0: Uh, I don't think the Dark Tower is done.
1: I've read the books.
0: No, I'm telling you, based on interviews, he's done. I don't know that the Dark Tower is
1: done. <laughs> so, don't, don't, don't start with me. Stephen King needs to put down the Dark Tower, <clears throat> because it's done, <clears throat> and whatever they keep doing is just, like, it's, like, you know how when you keep, like, editing, adding things and adding things, and then you're, like, no, this is too much shit? Yeah. Like, it ended very well. It's kind of frustrating the way it ends, but it's meant to be that way, and it's, I guess we're getting into it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's I mean, go, Dark Tower. So, I read the Dark, I started reading the Dark Tower my first year of college. Um, it took me, like, a year to finish. It's, like, a fucking lot of reading to do. It's a lot. Um... It's a fantastic series. I mean, it's really enjoyable um it's it's well written, it's exciting. it's like a, I don't know, it's got the same Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um like capturing nature. uh it's fantastic. it's very like <clears throat> captivating. it pulls you in um and it like the way it ends is kind of frustrating and I'm not gonna ruin it because it actually ends in a really cool way where like he ends the book and he's like, "Okay, reader, stop reading. This is the end of the book." And he goes like, "No, seriously, stop reading. This is the end of the book." And then if you keep reading, it's almost disappointing because it's like you could stop there, or you can keep reading, and then like the the true end, if you choose to read it, is frustrating. And I, I know people that have not actually read the end end that have stopped where he says, "Stop reading" if you don't want to be disappointed. Um, and I know people that have have stopped it, have stopped reading. Yeah and it brings the book full circle but i think the reason he says it's not done is because the way it ends leaves it open for another circle to happen so
0: what he has said in interviews is that um he treats them all as though they're a first draft yeah and they were never like really (laughs) edited and so he says it basically is all just one big novel and the
1: series just Gonna yeah, keep that, and like, I mean, if you... Whether or not he actually writes well, it... if you read it, you understand what he means yeah, by that. Yeah. And I really don't want to spoil it for people that have not read it that want to read it. Um... But... And it, it kind of... is It brings in the movie, the, the terrible movie that they made. Um... With Idris Elba. Like, because that's... Oh, they did him so dirty. Well, because they... It's referred to as, like, another version of the story. Yeah. It makes sense if you've read the book why it's another version of the story. Um... But also Stephen King just needs to stop doing things because he wrote himself into the Dark Tower yep. series. He's he is He's a part in of the, the dark. dark Tower series. He he's like a Deus Ex Machina or Ex machina. Uh, yeah, Deus Ex Machina. In it, where like he saves the day by writing something into it and that's like it's <clears throat> it gets like very meta because he writes himself into it because he's just yeah, like dark I, towers just I can super do meta. this. He's like, I can do this. It, like, it, there's there's Harry Potter references in the Dark Tower series. There's Lord of the Rings references. Yeah. There's Star Trek references. Like, he just does whatever he wants in it, and I think it's fantastic. It's like his, it's like his way of acknowledging and like throwing kudos to like people that he respects. Um, Maybe you should take those Harry Potter references back. <laughs> well, they talk about like sneetches. It's not a natural Harry Potter. Oh, got it. And then there's like property of something, love, like, I think it says, like, property of Harry Potter or something oh, okay. like that. Um, it's not actually reference. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you
0: might want to take those
1: back. Oh, yeah. But, like, there's a weapon that they call a snitch, and it's, like, basically a snitch from Harry Potter. Got it. Okay. Interesting. <clears throat> um, there's like a, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's, it's kind of, like, it's, it, I don't know. I love them. I think, uh, I think a lot of people don't like them at the same time. Like, you have to I think maybe I love them because I love Stephen King. Yeah. Um, but, anyways, what happened on tangent there? So, the interesting thing is that he started writing the books um, in, ni- like, he published the first one in 1982, um, and then did it pretty consistently until 97 when the fourth book came out, um, and then he got into a car accident in 99, where mm-hmm. he almost died, mm-hmm. um, and then started pumping out the books Um, like so 2003 and then released the last two in 2004 Um, and I've read that he talked about how like he was afraid he was going to die before he released finished the series and it was his magnum opus and he needed to finish it Yep. which is kind of the reason he wrote himself into the novel and like his car accident actually comes into play in the novel Mm -hmm. where like the or the series where like Roland the main character saves him from being hit by a car and it like kind of saves the world sort of part of it (laughs) one of the reasons one of the ways that they save the world um but I mean that car accident was kind of like crazy yeah that's another big thing about Stephen King is that um he was like walking along shoulder in Maine in 1999 and just got like hit by a car and um severely injured I think
0: from what I remember reading he had like, a punctured lung. Um, but broke. what had happened is the driver had, there was a, they had, like, a dog yeah. in their back seat, and yeah. the dog was, like, not strapped into anything, and the yeah. dog was, like, causing a ruckus in the back, and the person had turned around and right. during that. No, yeah, can't. the driver
1: wasn't, like, drunk or being negligent. It was just, like, a series of events. Yeah. Um, and he had to be, like, airlifted out, mm-hmm. um, taken to a hospital, and he did, it was almost fatal for him. Yeah. Um, so that was, like, a that's a big thing, big defining thing in his life that kind of, um, propelled him to finish the Dark Tower series, which, he I mean, he had taken so long until that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Like 30 plus years of writing it. He um, was also writing, like, 1,200 other books in oh, the meantime. I mean, he has his own, like, Wikipedia page for all the books he's written. That's how many there are. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, and, I mean, during all that, as well, like, the Dark Tower series, he was... Heavily drinking, heavily on drugs, and this kind of brings us into the darker piece of this.
0: Yeah. So, Stephen King's honestly really well known for his heavy coke addiction during his prime years of writing. Yeah. The set the the mid to seventies to early eighties. Yep. Um. That's when he had written, you know, most of his the the more I would say well known yeah books. Like Harry Films Lots. Yeah and yeah. yeah. So a lot of that I was reading an interview with, that he had done with Rolling Stone in twenty fourteen and he was saying that he was heavily addicted to alcohol and heavily addicted to Coke and he was raising two kids. Yep. And he had kept his addictions hidden from everyone. Yeah. People didn't know he had this these addictions. Yeah. Um, which was, it's really interesting because if you look back, you can definitely be like someone was coked out of their mind writing this or when he was like directing someone like when he directed, um, what movie did he direct direct where he was on coke the entire time he was directing it? Um, it's when he directed Maximum Overdrive in 86. Like no sober person directed Maximum Overdrive.
1: Yeah. I mean, he said he's. Flat out said that he doesn't really remember writing Cujo. That's yeah. how like bad his addiction was yeah. at the time. Um, I asked. I've read that during the intervention, his family and friends had they um, like emptied out his room that he writes in, that he mm-hmm. locks himself into to write. Mm-hmm. And it was there was beer cans, grams of cocaine, Xanax, uh, Valium, Oof, Nyquil, w- weed, and then um, Dextromethorphan. Methyl- I don't know how to say that. Some cough cough syrup, oh, essentially. You could have just said that. But um, I didn't. <laughs> but the...
0: Um, honestly, it's extremely impressive that he was able to keep that so well hidden while he was doing all yep. this. I was also reading that he was the only one that drank in his household. And the reason he realized he had an alcohol problem was because he was drinking a case of beer at
1: night. That's insane. I know. Um... But he has remained sober since yep. he got sober in the 80s.
0: Um, he did have a brief relapse after his accident yep. with pa- uh, prescription painkillers. That makes but sense, But then yeah. he has since cleaned up after that as well. Um, I was actually reading that he wrote the book Dreamcatchers shortly after his accident, and he was so high on Oxycontin the entire time. <laughs> He said he wasn't able to sit and work in a computer chair because after his accident, so everything was written longhand. Got it. And he was high out of his mind. That makes sense, too. I did want to say, back to the addiction thing, he actually has said that his books started to reflect his lack of of coherency Um, eventually, and he completely has said that the book Misery is about cocaine. Stephen King has said that like Annie from... Misery is, like, a metaphor... Is basically... Has become, like, a metaphor for his cocaine addiction. Like, it. her... Isn't Misery about a car? No, Misery... That's is, Christine.
1: Yeah, Christine's the one about a car. Yeah. I was like, what? No, sorry. Christine's about the car.
0: Yeah. Uh, Stephen King said that cocaine was my number one fan, just like Annie was uh, Paul's number one fan. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of novels you can see him in. I mean, you can see... His state of mind in a lot of them. Yeah. I um, mean,
0: Cujo's an entire book of panic, and you know if you're doing enough cocaine, you're starting to panic right. a little bit. I mean, insomnia is about being too scared to sleep. The other thing he said in this interview I was reading with Rolling Stone, that Tommy Knockers was the last book he wrote before he got clean. He specifically said, there's actually a really good book in here underneath all of the spurts of energy that cocaine provides and i ought to go back and pare it down to the book that it should have been yeah
1: i do think it's interesting like with that like because obviously while he was on cocaine he was just writing and writing and writing and yeah no kidding i wonder how different these books would be if he could go back and rethink some of them rethink them and like revision them
0: yeah well i mean maybe that god-awful scene and it with the dog
1: and the refrigerator wouldn't exist there's a lot of god awful scenes in it. Yeah, that's true. Um, that book is like a thousand pages long. Like, yeah, and I know. The movie only covers like six hundred of it. Like yeah. there's four hundred pages of like shit that didn't need to didn't be there. need to be there and isn't covered. And It's just there to show how terrible some people are. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, but I, I wonder if that's like part of it. You know, like yeah. Yeah, there's a lot with uh, Stephen King. Yeah, um, and I do think a big thing that we should talk about is, you know, a lot of his books have become movies.
0: Yeah, I was I was ready, I was ready to go
1: because that's my that's my yeah. area. It's the horror movies. Um, so. I feel like most of his books have become movies at this point. Not really most, but a lot.
0: I mean it's really interesting that like literally Stephen King's first book came out in what 73 and then the first film based off of his book came yeah, out in 76. 76 that means they probably were adapting it like right away 70, yeah. yeah which I think is that's a crazy sign of like an early sign of success oh agreed um but I can see his fear
1: like thinking that
0: like, he captured a
1: lightning in a bottle right. and that was a yeah oh that's a phrase <laughs> that's a phrase <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, do you want to get into a little bit of discussion then, since we're sure. in the movies? Um, yeah, because this is where I can come in more, because I,
0: um, in full transparency, the only Stephen King books I've read are It
1: and Salem's Lot. Stephen King is one of my favorite authors. I just haven't read that much as an adult. I mean, I haven't really either. I read a lot in college, um, but I love Stephen King, and... I think it works great. I just
0: haven't gotten around to reading it.
1: come upon a lot of Stephen King books, and I'm not quite sure where they're from because mm. I don't know that I bought any of these. Yeah. Um, Although I think maybe, like, I bought them at, like, a garage sale or something. Yeah. Um, but, actually, no, they're from, like, library sales. It was one of mm. the library mm. sales books. Um, but I do love Stephen King. Um, some of his short stories are very scary. There's one in, um, I I think it's in nightmares and dreamscapes where this woman is like kidnapped and it is terrifying i had to close the book because mm-hmm. i was so mm-hmm. scared i don't do that it was real scary i don't fuck with that and it wasn't even like a lot of his things are like supernatural scary that was like oh god this could be me one day <laughs> scary. yeah no i don't fuck with that um before we get into some of the discussion though i do want to talk about joe hill real quick because mm-hmm. i think this is kind of interesting and this is something i found out a couple years ago Joe Hill is also an author. He wrote um, Horns, which is a, there's a movie based on it. Oh, isn't
0: Daniel Radcliffe in
1: that movie? Yes. Um Heart Shape Box, Nosevartu. Um Wait, I'm sorry. Nose Nano S4. Oh. A2. I was going to say
0: I don't think that. Not that works
1: no, no. Out. It's like a an, it's a book called Nosevartu, but it's different than actual Nosevartu. Um but he is uh, his full name is Joe Hillstrom. King, uh, Stephen King's son. And I think it's really interesting because he uses the name Joe Hill um, because he wants to succeed on his own merits, not because he's Stephen King's son. Wait, um, Joe Hill, Stephen King's son wrote Horns? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so I only found that out when I watched Horns. I was like, who wrote this? And I looked up and was like, who the fuck is Joe Hill? This feels like Stephen King shit. And it was Stephen King's son it's, shit. It's, basically, it's Stephen- basically Stephen King shit. Um, and he also like weirdly looks like Stephen King. Okay, I gotta look him up. Um, um
0: and he, they've done
1: I, some stuff together. I think they did like a creep show. I was gonna say,
0: Joe Hill is in creep show.
1: Yeah. Well he's also in like the adaptation, like the the video, like the movie creep show that Stephen King did. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also written, I believe, a creep show with oh, Stephen King. Oh, got it. Like got they've got done got some it. collaborative got it okay um, yeah works. i was gonna
0: say joe hill is the kid at the beginning yep. and end of um the first creep show film yeah and i remember reading uh i was watching this way too long of a documentary on shutter a couple weeks ago because i have nothing better to do it was like a four and a half hour documentary uh steve was not very appreciative of me watching this but it was a documentary on 80s horror and they were talking about Creepshow. show and the the actor that plays the father at the beginning of Creepshow, Stephen King, like pulled him aside and was like, "Please be careful with Joe, because he's supposed to like slap him." He's like, "Please don't hurt Joe." <laughs> Please don't hurt my child. And he was really terrified because Stephen King's obviously in Creepshow, yeah. And he was like on set the whole time with Joe, and he, the actor was like really freaked out about like accidentally doing something. Yeah. Because Stephen King was there, I do think Stephen King is a creepy-looking dude. Okay. Oh yeah.
1: Um. Okay. But let's get into um, discussion. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna. Oh yeah, go into the filmography stuff. Filmography. Yeah. The the only like
0: big things i was gonna say. So his first screenplay was Creepshow. Um. He's in the movie also pre Cheers Ted Danson was he in the movie. Yet? No, he
1: was not orange okay. yet. I do love me some Ted Danson. He's young Ted Danson, too. Ted Danson's been hot forever, and he's still hot. Um, so uh, Creepshow,
0: obviously, was... It's five short stories, two of which were adapted from short stories that Stephen King had actually written. So The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill, who um, Stephen King actually plays Jordy in Creepshow is based off the story Weeds and then The Crate is based off of the story The Crate. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting that he was able to use his own short stories in his first screenplay. Yeah, And then um, he has said that his favorite adaptation of his book, Stand By Me.
1: Is Stand By Me the movie with the teacher? (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) Okay.
0: So he has said that his favorite film adaptations are Stand By Me, Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile,
1: Misery, and Cujo. You he know what's really like, interesting about that? Hmm. Those are all movies he's not involved in. I know. <laughs> the movies that he's been involved in have not been very good. No, I know. When Stephen King is involved with like the director directing or like the production of a movie, it's not very good. One of the movies I've heard that he's been the most critical of is actually uh,
0: Kubrick's The Shining. Really? Yeah. Also, I hate that movie, so... The Shining? I, yeah, I think it's bad. I hate Jack Nicholson, and that movie's not good. Um, That's a
1: hot take. It's very interesting. I don't think many people would agree with you there. I don't like that movie. Um, I have also heard that he's very critical of The Shining, but I think that's because... The Shining book, I've heard, is very different than the film. Yeah, I mean, I think that's because The Shining movie is more of a horror, Yeah. whereas the book is... Still a horror, but it's got more of, like, a science fiction depth to it. And that's because The Shine comes into play with that. Yeah, and
0: then Stephen King in the same, that Rolling Stone interview, he was saying that a lot of, you don't see the descent into madness, which is what makes it scary. Like, Jack Nicholson just plays crazy the whole time.
1: Yeah. Um, But I think it's also because there's a lot more nuances to that novel. Yeah. Um, Between the sun's, like, shine yeah um which later comes into play in dr sleep yeah um and yeah like jack nicholson's characters i can't remember the dad's name i saying. honestly
0: just i i don't care for kubrick as a director and i don't like jack nicholson i think that's what does it for me
1: it's a hot take <laughs> i don't I, hot I, take. I don't like it fair um yeah i mean i, I have heard that he's very critical of that movie mm. too Um, I think for the most part, he tends to like the adaptations of, like... I think so. From what I've read, I think so, too. I haven't really read him, like, being critical of adaptations in general. No. And if he liked the Dark Tower adaptation, then... That's something. That's a thing. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, he tends to like them. Um,
0: Yeah, so... I guess discussion uh the other big thing, uh, before we go into discussion, is that, so he directed Max, the only film he's ever actually directed is Maximum Overdrive. Right. Which is not a good movie. Yeah. It's bad. It, it's pretty bad. <laughs> I've seen it. It's not a good I movie. I am not. Um, if you want to, like, get really fucked up and then watch a movie, it's fun. But, like, it's not it. fun to watch. It's over. Okay um what are the questions yet so i guess what has kind of become your like favorite stephen king bit as you've gotten older like well let's start with books so obviously you've read a lot more than i have um
1: you didn't have an answer to this thought no, out beforehand I'm of which you knew and this then, was no, i, I, it I it's the dark tower series but i'm trying oh. to think of which one I would say it's the, I think it's The Gunslinger or The Drawing of the Three, which is, I believe the second one. Okay. Um, The Gunslinger is the first one. The Gunslinger, I think just because it, like, a standalone novel on its own is very good. Like, you could, add, you could read that one by itself and not keep going and, mm. I mean, you wouldn't get the entirety of it, but it's a good novel on its own. Yeah. Um, I think I read that in like two days. Fantastic. Oh, wow. Um. Yeah, I, I feel mean, like I some of vacation. Stephen King's
0: books are like quick.
1: They yeah, move. Quickly. It was like, it's like
0: easy to keep going. Five
1: hundred pages, maybe. I think I'm making the number up. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a super big book compared yeah. to the rest. Like it gets progressively bigger. Um, but I read it on vacation, and I, it was a very quick read. It was very captivating. I I couldn't. I couldn't put down. So I would think. I think that one probably. Um, but I really do love it. I actually love his short stories a lot, so if I'm not picking a book, it'd probably be one of the short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Uh, I've read two, so I would say Salem's Lot. Cause, uh, yeah. It
0: is really good in the beginning, and then yeah. it goes downhill really fast. Did you finish it? Yes. Oh, I'm surprised. Unfortunately. I'm surprised you finished it. So you, unfortunately, yes. Um, I love Salem's Way
1: too Lot. Long. That's actually my favorite adaptation, I think, of his. I don't know that I've actually seen the adaptation. of Ooh. it. I've, I've just read it. You've never seen like those miniseries? Mm-mm. I think there's a so there's actually a few adaptations of Salem's Lot, I believe. Um, okay, so there's been a two part television miniseries. That was the '97 um, or '79, not '97. Then there Ooh. was a miniseries sequel, which is a Return to Salem's Lot. Um, there was a new version of it with Rob Lowe Ugh, in 2004. Man. Twenty, yeah, 2004. Um, then an episode of Castle Rock focused on it, and then, I did know that there was an episode of Castle Rock around it. Um, there's going to be a film made in the near future, um, which is the one that I saw. Oh, this is the one I saw. Ew, I don't like Rob Lowe. I think. Yeah. Um, so the one I had seen was the 2004 <laughs> um, re- like revision of it. I'm sh- yeah, it was not this one. Um, I loved it, though. Like, at the time, I don't think I... I mean, I don't care about Larablo, but yeah. I I have no feeling either way. Um, but I loved it. It was so weird. It had very, like, Lost Boys vibes. Um, I can get behind that. It was fantastic. It was so fucking weird. And I, I was probably, like, 14 watching it. On a weekend, and I did not understand what was happening. I didn't understand it was Stephen King. Um, but I think that's my favorite adaptation. It's so good. And it's like terrible good. Like, <laughs> it's like not actually good, yeah. but it's so good yeah, because yeah. of that. Yeah, but Salem's Lot as a book, I think, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'd say Salem's Lot Pet Cemetery is very good. Um, Are we talking adaptations now?
0: No. Oh. Uh, yeah, I haven't read. Honestly, if. I love the first half of It. Like, if It was only that first half. Like chapter
1: one? Yeah. Uh, sorry, you mean the first half of the book? Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: which, which basically is chapter one of, like, the films. Yeah. Um, I would say that would be my favorite, but then that second half of It is, ugh, I hate it
1: so much. Like, I don't enjoy it. It's so hard to get through. Um, I really liked, I like The Stand a lot, and that one's super fucked up eleven twenty two sixty three is good it's um I haven't read it but I watched the uh Hulu film yeah the six part series or whatever it was I, it's a quick read to be honest I think I read like half of it in like a day or two it's a pretty quick read um it's good it's very interesting it's pretty faithful the yeah. adaptation is um and the adaptation is really good I mean I love James Franco yeah. America.
0: Yeah, the, the show was great. Yeah. What is your... I mean, I can't say ad, film adaptation because obviously I haven't read the original, a lot of the originals, but what's your favorite film based off of a Stephen King novel or um, short story?
1: Do you want to answer that first?
0: Sure. Um, I really like... Um, I really like Pet Cemetery, and I really think the remake. I mean, I like the original Pet Cemetery a lot, but I think the remake that came out in twenty nineteen was so mm-hmm. good. It's a slight variation from the original story. I do know that, but I think they did a really good job of keeping the truth of and like keeping the story with adding some additional bits to it. That just it worked really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the original Pet Cemetery is also
1: fantastic. And then I liked it, chapter one. I was gonna say it, chapter one was actually really good for it being like a newer adaptation, like a a remake of an adaptation. I thought it, chapter one was really good. Um, It, chapter two, not good. Honestly, honestly, don't remember. Kind of terrible. Don't remember a ton of it, chapter Um, two. I liked fourteen oh eight a lot. Um, that that's so, the
0: one with the hotel room, like the haunted hotel. Okay, room, so, that's hotel room. Yeah,
1: uh, that movie scared the shit that out of me. Oh, that movie is terrifying. Um, I've never read the short story, but I really enjoyed. Yeah, that movie scared the shit out of That movie. Me. Um, if we're talking about like an adaptation, we not, we're not talking about adaptations that we've we read in. Yeah, I
0: was just saying your favorite. I mean, you could talk about yeah, that, but no, again, I mean, that's why I, I wanted to make sure because I've never seen it.
1: 1408. I think 1408 was fantastic. Um. Yeah, that was a really good movie.
0: I wanna watch Doctor Sleep. I haven't seen it yet, but I'd like to Oh, is it
1: out already? It came out in twenty nineteen. Oh yeah. Um, I would like to see Doctor Sleep. I don't as know well. if it's
0: on it's on I saw it on one streaming service. It was either Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, HBO or Shutter. Yeah. yeah. Um And then I would say I've heard people actually really liked Gerald's game on Netflix. I've heard that too. But I haven't seen that. Um, um i've also i've seen misery and that movie's horrifying
1: i haven't seen misery oh it's scary um i've seen parts of children of the corn and that movie's terrifying uh children yeah. of the corn is a weird
0: concept
1: yeah i think it's gonna be it. chapter two um chapter one chapter one sorry yes it's chapter one, not chapter two. Yeah, not chapter two. Eleven twenty two sixty three is really good too. Yeah, um, I think that was really good. I enjoyed that. Um, didn't
0: they do okay? i was say, wasn't uh, there a remake of Carrie at some point that wasn't as good as the original? The remake say, of so. Carrie was weird.
1: There was a, it's like a famous actress in it. It's got like what's her name? Um, yeah, Chloe Moritz or something like that. yeah. Uh, I have not seen that one. Um, it's not as good as the original. Uh, I've heard in the tall grass is also really. That's
0: good. also on streaming right now. It's so on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's good. the one that he, I think he did that with Joe.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, based on the novella the same name, co author with his son Joe Hill. Yeah, that's what I thought. It is. I uh, was made by Netflix, so. Yeah. Yeah, we almost watched that yesterday, mm. but Steve um, didn't want to.
1: Yeah, I feel like. You should borrow one of my short story books, because, like, they're so short, mm-hmm. like, 100 pages max, yeah. usually. Um, and you can pick and choose, and I've kind of, like, I've never actually, like, I've never read finished the whole it. thing. Yeah. Right. I've never finished all of them. I just kind of pick and choose, and it's a good way to, like, kind of just get a quick scare.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have a bunch of books that I bought that I have not read, so there's that, too. Do you
1: have any other topics? Any other
0: discussions? Um... Have, what did you think? I mean, obviously, it's he's, there's also been television adaptations of Stephen King mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I didn't watch a ton of it, but I remember my parents were really into it, and I've talked to Steve about it, and he's really into it, the Under the Dome show that was out. Oh, um... You own it. It's right there. I do own it. That's I've never read that. I think that was my
1: brother-in-law's, to be honest. Or yeah, my, my...
0: I never watched the show, but... Um, I Steve watched, really
1: liked it I watched like one or two episodes um, I don't think that one from what I understand it's not as faithful I've heard that too but um, my... I remember Russell read it my brother-in-law Russell read it um, like on a vacation I think and mm-hmm. like he read it super quick and was like this is extremely fucked up Yeah. Um, also so like I've never read it I only my only experience with how what the only reason I know what you went through reading it is because Russell my brother-in-law mm-hmm. read it in like sixth grade oh God <laughs> and he told me I about read it at 25 I know and he told me about I think it was like sixth or eighth grade something like in middle school read it and was like nobody should allow somebody that young to read it yeah and that's the only reason I know what you went through while reading it because he described it to me and yeah. I don't want to read it. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, so actually, to talk about it, like, I think my brother-in-law, um, and my ex actually, like, they both love Stephen King, so that's kind Mm -hmm. of how I got into it in college, um, like, where I started reading it, because they had a ton of books between them, where I was just, like, borrowing. Borrowing stuff, yeah. Um, and I was able to, like, get into it more without having, like, purchased anything on my own.
0: I think I got... And they were
1: both extremely into the Dark Tower series. So,
0: interestingly enough, I think I kind of got into Stephen King's work kind of the back way. So I had seen the films before mm-hmm. I read the books. Yeah. Because no one I knew had the books on hand. Yeah. All the copies I have, like, I bought myself to read. Mm-hmm. So, like, my dad never read Ste. Like, my dad may have read Stephen King, you know, as like in his when he was young or yeah. younger, and my brothers may have, but none of them had the books. So I never like experienced <clears throat> that. And then Steve doesn't read fiction.
1: Right. So. Because he's one of those people that reads non-fiction. He reads nonfiction and self-help books for his entertainment. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, really, for me, it was my brother-in-law and my now ex. Yeah. That were like, you need to read the Dark Tower series. Like, if you read nothing else ever in your life, you need to read this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that, like, got me very into Stephen King. So I'm looking at some stuff um, that's
0: upcoming, actually. Um with or that's recent or upcoming um so in 2020 the outsider came out on hbo so that is a tv show based on the 2018 book the outsider so that's on hbo right now did not know that but uh premiered in january and then the stand is on cbs right now okay or uh it, w- it it's a, going to be released in december of it? I mean, it's a TV version of it. So I don't know if the stand was. The stand, was stand is in... a TV. Oh, the stand was in '94, so yes. Yeah, the stand is a miniseries. Yeah. Some upcoming projects that they're talking about doing. Uh, oh, that's TV, hold on. Film wise, they're going to do The Boogeyman, The Breathing
1: Method, Dark Half, a remake. Oh, of... click on The Boogeyman. That's. I've read the, I think. Um. Yep, I've read this. It's a short story. That's fucked. Yeah. That's super fucked that one's gonna be terrifying uh they're remaking Firestarter that's interesting um, so Firestarter actually isn't really horror-y it's just more like sci-fi
0: yeah uh yeah Jason Blum's behind it so uh, who knows it might be a horror movie it might be a horror Zac Efron's supposed to be the lead that doesn't make any sense well Firestarter is about a child well and Zac Efron is a child oh man, and the and dad the yeah he is too young to be playing a dad Anyway,
1: Efron. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you said Zach Ephron. I thought Zach Brat. <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused. It's was like, he's definitely not too young to play dad, but no, I'm sure true. he is a dad. Zach Ephron. Yeah.
0: Um, but then Salem's Lot they're working on. They're gonna do Tommy Knockers. Yeah, so he's got a lot. I mean, I feel like his work is being so frequently adapted. I mean, I think that
1: he literally writes something and like immediately the people are the, like, "Let's do it." Yeah, because like it's it's like a try and true, tried and true formula, you know, like Stephen King adaptation. It's probably gonna be successful. People yeah. are gonna like it. One
0: of the things that we didn't really talk about at all has been like Castle Rock. Which Mm -hmm. I think is is super interesting because it's not particularly based around anything
1: other than Stephen King world. Yeah. So before we get into Castle Rock, I do want to talk about Stephen King world. Go for it. Um, And Stephen King world, Stephen King world revolves around Maine. Um, Maine is Mm -hmm. the center of Stephen Mm -hmm. King world Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because I mean, like ninety percent of his novels or his like short stories like take place in Maine. He Uh, lives in Maine, right? Um, but I think I've read something about, like, there was some TikTok that was, like, Stephen, I'm gonna write you a Stephen King book. Maine. Alcoholic man. Oh, I sent you <laughs> Alcoholic that. Alcoholic white man. <laughs> oh, no, I sent you that. Because... Th- <laughs> creepy things happening. Stephen King novel. Um, but I mean, it's true. Like, most of his novels take place in Maine. Um, but that aside, Stephen King world is all, like, somewhat in- interconnected. Um, there's a lot of things that, like... Take place from one thing to another in Stephen King world. Um, so like the books Insomnia, it, the Dark Tower series, the Talisman, um, the Stand, uh, Salem's Lot. Those are all interconnected through characters. Yeah. So like uh, Father Callahan from the sa- from Salem's Lot comes into uh, the Dark Tower series. Patrick, I believe from Insomnia is in the Dark Tower series. Um, Pennywise is like the whatever creature he is, is in the Dark Tower series. So a lot of his universe is interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of like ideas that are interconnected. Like the shine, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, comes into play heavily in the Dark Tower series because it's being used to like destroy the world. Got it. Um, but it's, it's this like power that a lot of people in his books have to some degree. Um, and it's just kind of like this, um, like telekinesis that they have, like, whether it's strong or like, it's kind of weak, like it's in the shining, um, mm-hmm. uh, the son of the shining has it. Um, yeah. So like Stephen King universe, a lot of his books live within this like multiverse almost that he's created. It is a multiverse. Um, that's and, a really good description yeah, of it. It's like a, it's a Stephen King multiverse and a lot of his books live within it that are connected to each other. Some of them are, a lot of them are outside of it um but if you ever get your hands on and i believe it's the dark tower series that shows this but it'll have his entire like bibliography in it and the books that are connected in this multiverse are like bolded or like starred um and they all have some kind of interconnection into this multiverse but then getting into castle rock
0: yeah castle rock is a similar concept where it's playing on this like giant universe but Mm -hmm. like None of it actually has anything to do beyond like conceptually. Yeah. And they're in Maine. Yeah. Like,
1: well, it doesn't Castle have that Rock much to do. Is in the Shawshank Redemption universe. Right. Well, um, yes. Which I don't believe is connected, but I could be wrong here. I don't remember. So it's, it's kind of expanding on that world. Yeah. Like that story. But
0: then it also ties in, like, Salem's Lot is yeah. tied in and other. Well, if it ties in Salem's Lot, then it's automatically part of the multiverse. Yeah. Salem's Lot's part of the multiverse. Right. So, there we go. It yeah. ties in a lot of it, those just general things. The show itself is really cool. You're just saying that because your
1: Scar's Guard's in it. He's only in one season. There's multiple seasons There's in it? There's two seasons. Uh, I did not watch past, like, fourth episode. Not for any It's a good other than show. The fact that I got bored. I get very bored with TV shows. Matt, I like it. That. But yes, yeah, Bill Scar's Guard's in it, and I will watch anything that he's in. Um, I mean, it's No good. matter how bad the it ki- is. It was, what was it called? The Kid? The Kid, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a very odd show from what I have watched on it. Um, It's a little bit like, like an anthology. Yeah, that makes sense. But not a great version of an anthology. (laughs) people love their anthologies. Um, Dude, I know. Tell me about it. But yeah, I think Stephen King. If you like really do an analysis of his books, and I'm sure that there are like college courses and people have written theses on it. um, People have paid money to write theses. Thesis. Thesis. I don't know. To write a thesis on Stephen King. Um, it's it's pretty fascinating the way he like interconnects things and like how loosely they can be interconnected, but still still be connected. Um, and I like can not decide if he just does it for does if he just does it for fun. If he does it. it. If he does it. I can't decide if he does it for fun or if it's just like like kind of exciting for him where he has like uh Pepe Silvia board. <laughs> no, we've come full circle now. Um, where he's like, I can connect this and I can connect this and I can connect this. Um I mean, I don't know. I love Stephen King. So, like, I I enjoy, like, reading it and seeing how things are connected. Mm -hmm. And learning about it. Um, So. Yeah.
0: I think that's a good thing to end on. Because I would say that's probably the best way to summarize Stephen King.
1: If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us five stars. That's what us I was trying review. to say. Um, we never get reviews. If you leave us a review, we will read it. But nobody ever leaves us reviews, so we have not read any yet. Um, and if you don't want to leave us a review, like DM us and tell us what you think. and We'll we read that, too. No, we won't read that because it's a direct message. But if you comment us something on like a public... Instagram post. We'll read that. Um, But thank you guys for listening. And we will see you in November for not Halloween content. Maybe. What if we just became a Halloween podcast? No, we can't do that. No, there's not enough to keep that up. (laughs) Bye, guys. All right. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is drunkanduncultured, and Uncultured. And our Twitter is drunkuncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at LindsaySoldOut.
0: And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Color. and you can also follow my concert Instagram at ShittyConcertBlog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.